0: You're listening to the Better Man podcast, becoming life giving men together. Hey there, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Better Man podcast. My name is Adam Tarnow. I'll be your host today. Listen, we got a treat on the podcast today. I know I say that a lot. Uh, I just get so excited after I record these episodes, and I just uh, that's what I think, and that's what I'm feeling, and I definitely am thinking that today. I just got done having a conversation with my good friend Bobby Crotty. Bobby and I used to serve together over at Watermark Community Church. And uh, I left that staff back in June of 2020. So it's been almost two years. And probably last fall, I heard a story about the weekly staff meeting that they had over there and how Bobby showed up and shared this amazing message with these seven secrets to life. And people had started telling me how great it was. And so... I had finally gotten to the point where I was able to reach out to Bobby and say, hey, you got to come here and share these seven secrets to life. And so that's what he's doing today. I mean, who doesn't love secrets? Who doesn't want to know secrets, especially from a man with as much wisdom and experience as Bobby Crotty? So that's what we talk about today. We talk a little bit about his life story and in that some of the ways that he learned these seven secrets to life. I know you're going to love it. So enjoy my conversation with Bobby Crotty. Okay, well, here we go. Well, Bobby, welcome to the Better Man Podcast. Good to have you here today. Hey, glad to be here with you. Um, so have you been on podcasts before? Is this your um, first time? This is my first. Your first time. All right, so long-time listener, first-time caller on That's the podcast. Me. Like That's that. me. That's really good. Okay, so here, you and I have known each other maybe close to a decade. I know we've known of each other. We've gone to the same church. We both go to Watermark Community and Church.
1: really knew Jackie before I knew you. That's right. That's right. So Jackie served as an editor for Join the Journey. That's right. A long right. time
0: ago. A long time ago. So, um, so we've known each other a long time. We served on staff together over at Watermark Community Church. So I left staff back in June of 2020. I heard recently, I started heard some, you know, I still have plenty of friends over there Heard rumors about what happened at the weekly staff prayer every once in a while. Somebody comes in and speaks, somebody shares through my friendships, they'll let me know some things uh, that happened that were kind of fun or cool. I started to hear multiple people talk about Bobby Crotty shared this amazing message at the staff meeting. When was this? Was this over a year ago, maybe?
1: Um... Buddy, how quickly I forget. Uh, it was in the fall. In the fall. Okay. Mm-hmm. So fall of 21?
0: Yes. Yeah. Okay. So fall of 21, you shared this. I started hearing about it and just kept it in the back of my mind going, I bet this would be awesome. People told me about it. It's going to be great for Better Man. And so, uh, so I reached out to you to see if you wanted to come on and share. And what was your initial reaction? We need to get that out there. You were going to say what?
1: well um I first said hey I want to have this conversation face to face that's right because I was going to go plead my case being the lawyer I used to be <laughs> uh, of why you should not have me on this podcast that's right and so then
0: I heard that we had coffee you were very respectful your lovely wife was there too uh, just to hang out who I've known I've known her uh, almost as long as I've known you and uh and I said okay well I respect that but let me let me just sell for a moment uh, why I think you need to come on the podcast. And share you the were info. more
1: persuasive than I was. That's right. I beat the attorney. <laughs>
0: I did it. I did it. I beat the attorney. That's great. So anyway, I'm really excited that you're here today to talk about this. It was your uh, your seven four seven for life, right? That's what you shared. Uh, the, you had seven uh, key events or people. Was that was, was it the events or people? events and yeah. people? Just. Seven things uh, that have kind of shaped my life. That's right. Seven things that have shaped your life, four verses or passages that have shaped your life, and then the part that people really talked about were the seven secrets to life, right? Yeah,
1: hey, that just kind of catches everybody's attention. Uh we all want to know what the secret of yes, life is. I love secrets. It's
0: like gossip. It's like rumors. I you know, my my weak heart wants to hear all that stuff. So when I hear about secrets, I'm like, "Yes, I want to hear those secrets." So, uh let's do, real quick, let's talk about the the first seven, the the seven key events. Just go through those real quick cuz I think that'll help provide context for the secrets.
1: Okay? And you know, trying to make them short and memorable, uh, I use seven S's. Okay? And so first I talked about my salvation, where I came to faith in Christ. Uh, It happened on Easter Sunday, 1967. Okay. Buddy, that's a long time ago. That was a long time ago. You'd think I'd be farther along than I am (laughs) in my walk with Christ. Um, But um, I had a teacher who had heard the gospel not long before she was teaching this class of uh, um, sophomores in high school at Oaklawn Methodist Church. She uh, put her faith in Christ, and then she turned around and kindly shared it with uh, a room full of sophomores in high school. And um, I had heard my dad talk about the gospel. He'd come to faith at age 40. I remember him talking about it around the dinner table. And, um, you know, that kind of went over my head, uh, in one ear, out the other. But, uh, for some reason on Easter Sunday, 1967, when Jean Moyer was sharing her testimony about God had changed her life through the gospel, it clicked. And I prayed to receive Christ that day, just silently to myself. I realized that, uh, hey, I was a sinner in need of salvation and, um, Uh, that started a journey that continues to this day. I love that. I
0: love that. So Salvation 1967, so that's the first major event. And then
1: you have some people and other events that happened. So what what were some of the Um, other
0: S's on the list?
1: So um, I, through young life, ran into a woman named Sally Stout, who was a Dallas housewife uh, who um, loved the Lord in a big way, was a gifted teacher, and um, decided that she was going to spend time pouring into a bunch of uh, high school students. Um, Sally uh, really installed in me um, a love for studying the Word that continues to this day. And so I remember going down to uh, Port Aransas on a eight-hour Young Life bus ride and uh, talking about Scripture the whole way down, That's and amazing. it was awesome. Yeah. So you got
0: Salvation, you've got Sally, you've got some other events. I learned how to stand firm
1: when I went to school uh, at Virginia Military Institute. Okay. Kind of the road less uh, uh, traveled sort of thing. Uh, But, um, you know, I I was telling the staff that, hey, um, I'm a little bit older than the typical staff members, like about 30 years. (laughs) And uh, um, I was trying to convince them that, um, hey, I wasn't always 70 years old as I am today. Um but um you know, went to college, played soccer in college. Um you know, was captain of uh, um the first VMI team that was uh part of the NCAA college tournaments and stuff. And so uh I learned how to take a stand at VMI. Yeah. We had a single sanction honor system that uh um You know, if you lied, cheated, or stole, um, you would uh, be dismissed. It was a student-run honor system. And uh, um, my last year, I served as prosecutor of that honor court, and um, it instilled in me a a love for the the law. The law, yeah. And uh, I loved the courtroom and ended up trying lawsuits for 30 years. I learned how to take a stand uh, when I was uh, serving uh, on that honor court to enforce and protect the VMI honor system. I like that. One of the great experiences of my life, uh, and the opportunity to learn to take a stand, even though it cost you friends, potentially, it was a great life yeah. lesson.
0: Yeah, and things that obviously carried with you, not just throughout your career, but throughout your whole life, and just our journey with Jesus. There's so many opportunities to take a stand, so I like that. Okay, uh, then then your wife shows up, which, truth be told, when you told this, shared this list... Uh, she's the fourth S on this list. When you shared this with staff, she was missing from the list, right? You got through. Somehow,
1: the- <laughs> as I was going through the S's, I just blew right by Sarah. <laughs> And uh, uh, the good news is that I remembered before I stopped. That's good. um, But uh, the staff did not let me forget that Uh um, the one thing I'd forgotten was to mention my wife. All right. So you're standing firm, then you meet Sarah. She's a significant event, obviously, in your life. Without a doubt. And, um, you know, that woman is a prayer warrior, and she has uh, supported and inspired Um, my own walk with Christ. You know, trying to keep up with her is a, it's a big order. I think uh, I may be better known at Watermark as Mr. Sarah Crotty, and I don't mind that a bit. I love that. Okay. (laughs) All right. All right. Then
0: the fifth one was switched. Uh, Another big event was, I'm sure this is an event for a lot of men, uh, and I love seeing this on your list, was switching churches, which sometimes can be bad. You know, you can church hop because it's like, You're just looking for something, you know, uh, like a new captain of a cruise ship or something like that. You're just looking for a more fun place. But this was a significant moment for you to switch churches.
1: It really was, uh, simply because I came to Watermark for the first time, and I went from the cruise ship sort of model to the battleship sort of model. And, you know, as an old VMI guy, that resonated well and uh um we started coming to church here in two thousand four, and this kind of segues into the next S, staff leadership of the staff came to me and said, "Hey, would you consider coming on staff to uh um uh, be my title was men's equipping director, but it's basically being the ministry minister to men yeah. at, at watermark and um that has been a game changer. That really has. Were
0: you practicing law at the time when you came on staff, or had you already retired?
1: No, I, I was still working hard, going strong. And, uh, you know, a lot of folks asked me, said, well, when you retired and started doing Watermark, I went, you don't understand. Uh, if I worked this hard practicing law, I wouldn't have to work now. <laughs> uh, Watermark has not been retirement, it, no, but it has been a bunch of fun and has— Um, changed my walk with Christ. Uh, It has made it uh, way more intentional, Um, and it has given me the opportunity to uh, invest my life in a bunch of guys that I love. And so that has been really a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, which is really number seven on your list of seven key events was seeing, like seeing so much
1: life change, right? Uh, And seeing God at work uh, in my life, in the life of my family, in the life of uh, uh, the guys that I was uh, getting to meet with, uh, and in the midst of things like health challenges. had a couple of hiccups along the way, dealt with a couple of different types of cancer and whatnot. I have seen God show up in a big way in the midst of all that, and uh, He has given me a peace that I've told a bunch of folks this, that, hey, I'm ready to go. Uh, when the Lord's done with me, you know, I don't want to stick around a day longer, but Until that day, I want to go full speed, hair on fire, um, seeking to serve him and uh, be uh, used by him in his kingdom for his glory. Here's what I like about this list, Bobby, and and where I think,
0: and and I want to talk to any of our listeners right now that are over 60, okay? I I don't like to always uh, bifurcate the audience or split it up into these age categories, but, but I think especially for men over 60, to create a list like this, here's what it does for the men in their uh, 20s and 30s is it helps bring meaning to the journey, right? Because we can all sit there and go, oh, okay, my salvation was a big deal. This person was a big deal. Learning how to do this. These are all major things. So to hear uh, an older man say, these were major moments in my life. Uh, I think really does bring a tremendous amount of meaning to the younger men that are hearing this going, okay, I'm in the middle of my journey. I, I'm going to have my list of seven key events one day, and I'm on number four, right? And I still got some time ahead of me, Lord willing, that I'll be able to put a few more on there. But I really like that. I mean, I think it's so helpful to hear that um, and everything that you wrote down there. So I really like that. So those are your seven key events that you were sharing uh, of the 747. Then you had four key verses. So why don't you quickly just go through... Those maybe maybe list out the four key verses and then talk about one of them. You want to do okay, that real quick? Sure. Yeah.
1: Well, I love them all. It's gonna be like trying to pick among your children. <laughs> uh, but um, Nahum one seven, First Thessalonians five twenty four, uh, Psalm 37, 23 to twenty five. Uh, psalm thirty seven is my favorite psalm, and then First Thessalonians two eight. Well, uh, then talk about Psalm thirty seven if that's your favorite psalm. Let's talk about that one. Okay. Um, let me just. Uh, You want to read it? Say it first. Uh, uh, The steps of a man are established by the Lord when he delights in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be cast headlong, for the Lord upholds his hand. I have been young and now am old. I can empathize with that particularly. (laughs) Uh, Yet I've not seen the righteous forsaken or his children begging for bread. But I've seen that uh, lived out, Um, and not so much by me, uh, but seeing others see God show up In the midst, see hard things happen, see Him show up in the midst of those, seeing good things happen, and know that the Lord is uh, uh, in the midst of that. I have seen that played out uh, in life. It's been a privilege to watch. It's been a privilege to be a part of. Uh, But the biggest thing is that, man, I have seen God's fingerprints in a lot of different ways, and it underscores that He is always I like that. I, and I think that's a great takeaway for
0: men of any age right now, just like up to this point in your life, that'd be really great to sit with the Lord and just go, all right, Lord, what are four uh, passages or verses from your word that have really shaped me, right? So it's all, it's all God breathed. It's all good. It's all helpful. We all love all of it, right? So that that's a permission to play like I get it. But there are always, you know, it seems like for some people there's just a few verses or a couple of passages that we go to over and over and over again. If I was going to create my list, like Proverbs 13.20 would be on there. That was such a, as I became a follower of Jesus in college and really had to move from one group of friends to another group of friends. I didn't have to, but I I saw the wisdom in that. Proverbs 13.20, He who walks with the wise grows wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. I have just seen that the people I've surrounded my life with has had such a profound impact. As I started to hang around wiser men and wiser women, my life grew wise. Like, the Lord used those people. That would be on my list, right? Buddy, I that's love a good all, one. I love all the Proverbs. Right, yeah. the, All of them are so great, but that one in particular, I would say, is on, on my list. Yeah, let uh, me do one more. Yeah. Um,
1: I love Nahum 1-7. It's probably why I put it first. It says, the Lord is good, uh, a stronghold in the day of trouble. Uh, He knows those who take refuge in him. And um, of all these verses, the one that I have said most to myself uh, in the last 15 years has been that one. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's so good. So good. I mean, again,
0: those of you that are leading like small groups or you got groups of men to get together together, That would be such a great exercise. Just pick one or two of these verses that have been really meaningful, and then share the story behind it, right? Like, Because that's what I want to do. I want to go now take right and left-hand turns and go, well, tell me about two times where you've had to tell yourself, because there's a story uh, behind all that and can lead to some really great uh, conversations. So, Okay, so that's your seven key events, your seven verses. Four Uh, verses. Four verses, I'm sorry. Yeah, seven key events, four verses. Let's get into the secrets. The secrets. The secrets. (laughs) The secrets. All right, so you've got seven secrets for living So the floor
1: is yours. Uh, What is secret number one? It's a good one, and it uh, concerns marriage. I have found that the key question to ask myself in my own marriage is, how can I serve my spouse today? How can I serve Sarah today? Um,
0: Has that always been a question that you've asked? How long have you been married? 42 years 42 years Did that start
1: on day one? You knew how to ask that question? Not so much (laughs) Not so much It has started since I've been at Watermark Okay Sarah and I um, have had a great marriage I'm a lot easier, greater than she is I'd say it's been a nine-plus all the time. She'd say, hey, there were some moments of uh, six or seven in there. We did reengage together. That was uh, um, something she wanted to do that I, I kind of was dragging my feet about. And at the end, after we'd done it, I went, hey, this has blessed our marriage in a big way. And uh, it's really been since then, um, not always, uh, but— uh, um, there has been a, more of a consistency in wanting to ask the question, what can I do today to serve Sarah?
0: That's right. So you, you're calling this a secret, which means not a lot of men know this. What do you think is, is maybe uh, a question that a lot of men are asking instead of that one? Is it maybe, like I would think maybe, uh, how can my wife serve me today, right? Is that maybe one of my what? pipe
1: and slippers, they would have said <laughs> in the old days. <laughs> yes. Um, dear, when's dinner ready? um but uh to flip that around and to ask her what can i do to help you when you get home um man that is revolutionary uh even though it is so simple that is that is and for those listening that don't
0: know what reengage is i can put a link to it in the show description but that is a uh, a ministry for marriages right and nationwide so there's a chance that you've got one in your church you can go to go to just google and type in reengage marriage and find uh, look there's I think there 's a, a feature where you can put in and see where it where it is, but it 's a great uh, just a great program and a great ministry all over somebody. the country yeah for marriages okay, so that was I like that so that's a the question for your spouse how can I serve you today? Is there a reason you said today like there's something is there an
1: emphasis on just today in there when you were thinking about that Yes, for a lot of different reasons, but primarily that hey that 's a question I want to ask on a daily basis. You know, I, I don't want to coast on what I did last week, but I want to uh, find uh, new mercies every day, the Lord tells us, uh, and I want to uh, be a source of mercy and help uh, to my bride on uh, every day. That's good. Because, I mean, I think a lot of times for men, we can just set these big,
0: grand visions, like, I'm going to just start serving my wife more, right? So that's a great sentiment to say, great heart behind that, but kind of ambiguous, Right. And so that's what I like about that you said, How can I serve you today? That takes this big, grand, visionary idea of I want to be a, a husband who serves and really makes it practical, measurable almost, and attainable, which is, you know, just look your wife in the eyes today. Go, What can I do
1: right now? Right. Or what can I do today to serve you? I love um, the way you said that, Adam. And the only thing I would add, it also has an immediacy uh, that says, Hey, the focus is today. What can I do today? Remember this uh, discussion, guys, as uh, um, we finish up the seven secrets, because I'm going to come back to that idea. Yeah, that's good. Okay, your second secret involves kids, so
0: why don't you talk so about that? So
1: only natural after marriage that uh, <laughs> you talk about kids. Yeah. I've got a couple of great kids uh, that have been a huge blessing in uh, uh, my life and in Sarah's life. Uh, but Meaning I, I... they've given you grandkids. Uh, right. They have yeah. <laughs> given us grandkids, but they've given us a lot more. Um, but um, we have especially loved the grandkids. Um, we've got seven of them. My second secret is the uh, secret to raising kids is relentless encouragement. Uh, I want to be the kind of dad who is always encouraging my kids. And guys, um, when the kids are out of the house at 17 or 18, whenever they're gone, uh, after college or whatever, your job is not done. Parenting is never done. And so I want to be a relentless encourager to my kids today. And, uh, you know, um, they are now sitting there going, uh, you know, mom and dad, you made it look pretty easy in raising us. Uh, but I have found that in raising my own kids, this parenting gig is hard. <laughs> yes, <laughs> It is hard. And I go, amen, brother. Uh, amen, sister. Um but uh, at the same time, you know, I think that the opportunity to be a relentless encourager in their lives, uh, even today, is uh, a huge privilege and blessing to me.
0: And what I saw in your life, Bobby, too, is that you didn't just do this with your kids. I mean, this is this marks you. I mean, I've been the source of some of your uh, relentless encouragement or not the source of it, but the beneficiary of some of your relentless encouragement Um and so again, just for older men, uh, I, I, I wonder if and if I, you know, we underestimate the power uh, that, of those words that they can have in a, in a young man's life. Uh, so even your kids' lives, but then on up into other young men that are in your life, that relentless encouragement. Um, if you were going to ask me to say, "Here's a guy who went to VMI, he loves the law. He was a prosecutor for 30 years. Rank him Not on a, a prosecutor, just at VMI. Oh, yeah, uh, VMI. And I then tried then were, lawsuits. That's right. For okay. But years. a lawyer, a, a trial attorney for 30 years. Um, how encouraging do you think he probably is on a scale of one to 10? I'd have trouble getting above a five, right? So, how did you, like, where did this come from? And, and, and uh, when did you have this switch where you realized, no, I want to, I really love encouragement and I want to make sure I'm an encourager? I heard a
1: buddy of mine who was on Canuck staff uh, talk about that and talk about being a relentless encourager in his own kids' lives. And uh, um, it was one of those moments where I just went, that's what I want to be with my kids. It was at a time when my kids were uh, little and really wouldn't have understood much about encouragement, uh, although they did understand, hey— Their dad loved them and was going to be there for them. And so uh, that's what really got me rolling. Okay. So we've got, how can I serve my spouse
0: today? Relentless encouragement for the kids. Your third secret is a quote. It's one of my favorites on the list. So why don't you share your third secret? It is
1: one of my favorites. I'm not sure the source of it. Some have attributed it to John Wayne, and it would certainly fit with him. But the quote is, life is tough. It's tougher when you're stupid. <laughs> and you know scripture has a lot to say about that. Um yes. It uh, does see. feel biblical, right? It it, 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 it does feel John there.
0: Wayne, but it does feel very uh biblical as it, well. It is definitely in there. I
1: would uh uh take you to Proverbs twelve one, and it says whoever loves uh discipline loves knowledge, but he who rep- hates reproof is stupid. And Um, Man, I just love seeing stupid in Scripture because um, I look to make sure there's not a picture of me right next to the word stupid because I can be stupid in life. And uh, being stupid in life does make life a lot harder. And so, you know, I want to be a relentless encourager to my kids to make good decisions, Uh, And the advantage of age is to be able to see around the corner because you've been around that corner and to know that, hey, that decision is not going to end well. And so. uh, So, uh, how
0: have you seen men, uh, or how far in your own life did you become unstupid, right? And I don't even know if that's a word because I I know what we're saying we're stupid. This is not about uh, book knowledge, right? It's more of some of the street smarts, right? Some wisdom, some life. Like uh, so, how 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 have you in your life did you go from being stupid to to less stupid or unstupid? And how do you see other men, um,
1: Adam? The thing I've seen is that the more I know about um, Christ, the more that I yield the control of my life uh, to the leading of the Holy Spirit. Uh, the more that I hang around other godly people, um, the less, uh, the fewer times that. Uh, I make stupid decisions. That's so good. Uh, but, buddy, I got to tell you, I make stupid decisions yeah. all the time. Um, you know, um, this week, <laughs> I've got a couple of doozies. Uh, I'm going <laughs> to spare the listeners of them, yeah. but, um, hey, no one has it figured out entirely, and no one lives— um a righteous life day in day out. There is none righteous, no not one. And uh, um, I am trying to minimize the effect of stupid in my life. And uh, I've got I've surrounded myself with a bunch of folks who are trying to do the same thing and together we help each other not be stupid. And so um, that is a blessing.
0: I mean, we could stop there, Bobby. We really could. That is like, there's so much richness here, and we're not even halfway through the list, but we're not going to stop here. Uh, Let's keep going. So number four, and number four, so that that, I like, you know, number three, we can laugh a little bit. There's definitely uh, something a little funny about that one. And number four is very sobering. So share secret number four.
1: Um, Number four hits close to home uh, since I'm uh, now a little bit older in life. Uh, And I've had uh, a bunch of friends uh, um, that I had to go to their funeral. Uh, So number four is good people sometimes die young. So don't leave unsaid anything to the ones that you love. Which goes a little bit back to some of the relentless
0: encouragement, right? Like just making sure that if you have... Here's what, what helps for me. If I've been thinking positive thoughts about somebody... I have to remind myself sometimes, say them out loud, right, because text them, yeah how how send them, to how, them. how terrible would that be to keep this encouragement or keep this positivity, because as you just talked about, life is hard, like we're all getting our tail kicked every day, just waking up and and especially as men, it feels like we're all pushing boulders uphill all day every day, so if we have some some encouraging things to say to other men, just say it because the the reality is you may lose the opportunity to.
1: And what a shame that would be. Without a doubt. And, you know, buddy, it's the kind thing to do. And, you know, um, as you uh, pointed out, between VMI and practicing law and, you know, having been a uh, prosecutor for the honor court and whatnot, um, there are guys in my life who would not think kindness when they first think of me. And uh, it's something since I've uh, been on staff at Watermark, I have tried to work on being the kinder, gentler Bobby Crotty. And uh, some days it works, some days it doesn't work so well. Uh, but I'm fortunate to be surrounded by people who will tell me about those days when it hadn't worked so well. And so um, the opportunity, particularly to the ones that you love, to have let them know how you feel about them, to let them know uh, what kind of blessing they've been in your life, um, that is really powerful. That's
0: so good. So, I mean, just practically, when
1: you're driving around, or you're in
0: you know spending time with the Lord, and, and a, one of these thoughts comes to mind. What's your go-to? Like, are you calling people? Are you texting people? Are you pulling people aside in the hallway and just saying this? Is uh, how, how does it how does it work in your life to make sure that you are saying those things?
1: Um, all of the above. Uh, I use them all, uh, but I particularly like in this day of. Uh, Um, digital communications and social media and whatnot, uh, to tell them face to face uh, what I wanted to tell them. And, you know, uh, I feel like that uh, I've done that with both my uh, wife and kids, that they know exactly where they stand. And uh, I have said to them all the things that I would want to say if I I knew I was getting ready to check out. I mean, uh, did that come more to the forefront
0: of your mind when you went through your most recent health scares?
1: I would say it came more to mind when I uh, took a tumble on the bike uh, uh, in August and shattered my elbow. Um, I was knocked out. Um, They said I was maintaining a steady conversation Um, but I kept repeating myself, and I've got no recollection of it. But it just was one of those things that I just went, all right, you know, life is uncertain, and uh, uh, so I want to just make sure that to those I really care about, that I have said everything I need to say. So good. All right, I like that. So that's just number four. Number
0: five, uh, we're going to go back kind of to the realm of kids, but I think there's some uh, you could expand number five to the realm of friendships as well, but it's all about making memory. So talk about that.
1: Without a doubt, I think you could apply it to uh, um, those who are in your sphere of influence. Uh, but I did it with kids, and I just said, hey, make memory memories with your kids when they're young, and then keep making them. And uh, um, the opportunity to have fun together, to do meaningful things, uh, even to do hard things together— Uh, are the sort of memories that will stick with you through thick and thin. They really are. Yeah, and I mean, and and so I'm, you know, at
0: a different spot in my journey. Uh, I turn 47 later this month. My kids are 13 and 11, and I am so grateful for uh, some of the mentors I've had in my life, people like you, and I feel like the one about memories, I'll credit Blake Holmes. Like, as I was around him before I was married and when he had really young kids— He kept talking about, make memories, make memories, make memories. As a young man, I I never really thought about the importance of memories, right? It was like, memories, I mean, whatever, you know, let's just go have fun today. And I'm so grateful uh, for the older men in my life that encouraged me to do that, because as I now, you know, just have boys that are not out of the house yet, but they're not young anymore, it's really great for us to have those memories to look back on. And even as we were planning a, a trip for this summer, you know, my wife and I just going, I think that... We're going to go do this. This is going to be a great memory. Let's go to this part of the country we haven't been to uh, to do that. And um, and I like that. It really is a secret. And those things truly are. I mean, not to quote like the, the MasterCard, they got it with those
1: commercials, right? Because those memories are priceless, are they yes, not? Yes, without a doubt. And we still today in the Karate family talk about uh, when Bobby was 15 and Becky was 13 uh, and I was way older. Uh, we went and climbed the Grand Teton together we still talk about that today. Yeah. Our buddy John
0: McGee, I feel like that's what that's so fun for him if he's listening to this, he, he'll laugh at this. I feel like his his greatest memories are let's take the family somewhere where they think they're all going to die and then let's not die and then we'll we'll talk about it like it's going to be so much fun. Forever. Yeah. <laughs> Forever. <laughs> remember the, remember that trip dad where we almost died? Uh but again, just it is it's a secret, right? Because if you're not if you don't think about making memories, then you're just thinking about just let's make it until tomorrow. And it just becomes very short-sighted. Like uh, the clock feels like it's constantly moving up. But if you're thinking about memories that, that oh, we're running out of time, uh, the clock changes and you just find some inspiration to go do some great things with your friends and with your family. So that's good.
1: And, Buddy, you have not lived until you've been able to uh, be on a mountainside, look down between your feet, and the next stop is 1,500 feet below you. And climbing the Grand Teton, you get to see that.
0: I like that. All right. Well... The uh, tourism group at the Green Tetons, they can come and maybe sponsor this episode or something because you're giving them a good good plug for all this. All right, let's go through these last two. Uh, Number six, there's a secret in failure. So what what have you learned about failure?
1: Um, I I have failed a bunch, but I have learned that failure is not final. And so uh, when you fail, you need to get up, keep moving, and as long as you're still breathing— then you can be certain that God is not done with you. That's so good. That's so good. I think about uh
0: recently reading uh Donald Miller's book Hero on a Mission and he talked about the hero's journey from ancient literature, you know, and that and we think about heroes in today's day and age and we just think about the Batman's, the Superman's, like the superheroes that are out there, which are really not kind of like the heroes from ancient literature and this hero's journey uh that we we all us as followers of Jesus are on, and and I love the observation that he made that the hero is marked by action. They're marked by action, right? And so to your point right there, that if you fall, it doesn't mean you're not a hero anymore, right? You're still on your mission. Be marked by action. Get up and go. Have you seen that in your life?
1: Uh, Absolutely. Uh, I would use a couple of biblical examples before I talk about myself, but... um, I think that's why David was a man who was after God's own heart, because he had significant failures in his life, and he got up and he kept pursuing the Lord. Uh, The Apostle Peter, you know, uh, a guy that was the leader of uh, the disciples, um, you know, got to walk on water, got to do uh, some cool stuff with Jesus, and uh, who was the one who said, you know, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Um, he got it. But then at the, um, you know, at a critical moment, he had significant failure. And I I love John 21 because it's Jesus saying to him, "Uh, buddy, do you love me? And if you do, and Peter professed three times that, Lord, you know, I love you. And uh, uh, he said, I'm not done with you. Go tend my sheep, feed my sheep. Um, And, you know, just Uh, In my own life, uh, um, you know, there have just been ways in which uh, I've whiffed, and, um, you know, um, sometimes it takes a little longer to get yourself back up, Uh, but uh, I have seen repeatedly that, uh, you know, by His grace, the Lord wasn't done with me, and uh, He helped dust myself off and said, come on, buddy, get back in the game.
0: Yep. And what I like about that is, is okay, so failure for most men, uh, I know when I feel it and others that I've talked to, it there's so much shame, right? Oftentimes associated with failure, uh, especially for men. And uh, this may be one where this is the secret that we share with each other, uh, especially when somebody's down, right? When somebody has gone through a failure. So this may be one that's harder to, to believe, to share it with yourself. Uh, when you have gone through a failure, to remind yourself failure is not final, failure is not final. But this is one where you need others and other men. And so there may be, you know, somebody listening to this right now that they've got a man in their life that has just gone through some sort of a failure. It could be something major. Maybe they made a a, a terrible decision in their marriage, or it could be something where they just failed at work, wherever that spectrum is, just to let them know this is not final. And I love the examples that you share there of David and Peter, um, because they are such great examples of just keep, just get up and keep moving forward.
1: You know, Adam, if you look through scriptures, you'll find that most of the people that God uses in the biggest ways uh, also have significant failures in their lives. And, uh, you know, it just underscores that God uses uh, the people that he calls, and he can use you despite your failure if your heart will be fully devoted to him. Okay, number seven, last secret. All right, we're back to today, because really there are only two days that matter in life. Today and that day. All right. Talk about what do you mean by that day? Well, um, the question I want to ask myself is how can I use today to be ready for that day? And by that day, I mean the day um, when you're going to either die and stand before Jesus or Jesus is going to come back and uh, uh, it's going to be a, a time of uh, evaluation, of assessment. And for those who don't know him, even of judgment. And so the question is uh, uh, that I want to ask myself every day is, Lord, how can I use this day to be ready for that day? where I will stand uh, before you and give an account for my life. Scripture is pretty clear that we one day will have an opportunity to give an account for our lives. And, uh, um, you know, it's an opportunity to say, Lord, I failed in many ways, but by your grace, I had a relationship with you that uh, allowed me to be used by you to impact people around me. Again,
0: so I love how you're calling this a secret. So that means that probably not a lot of us are walking around knowing this, right? So what what do you think would be... Uh, Do do you think the prevailing or maybe the common view out there for a lot of men is just the only day that matters is today? Or is it the only day that matters is tomorrow? Or the only day that matters is yesterday?
1: Or some combination of those? What what do you see in your experience? I'd say that uh, for a a lot of guys, uh, the only day that really matters is the day when they feel like that they have arrived. The day in which they have finally succeeded. And um, ultimately, I'd say to you is... Um, I don't know that we ever reach that point, uh, and that um, even if we reach some significant milestone in our life, um, then we're just going to want the next one. Uh, but what I have found in my own life is that by uh, putting my trust in Christ and seeking to um, live in a way that honors Him, um, that's not anything I can do on my own. But by the leading of uh, uh, His Spirit, by being obedient to what His Word tells me to do, by living uh, in accordance with wise counsel of uh, uh, spiritually mature friends, then, um, you know, I put myself in position to be used for His kingdom. And, you know, I've lived long enough to know that, hey, uh, all this other stuff really doesn't matter eternally. The one thing that matters eternally, and that's why I talk about, you know, how can I use today to be ready for that day? Because I'm looking to do stuff that has... In eternal significance. And in my own life, the way I found that to happen is uh, by being able to invest my life in other people's lives. I think the secret to uh, Paul's ministry is in 1 Thessalonians two eight, where it talks about how he uh, purposed to invest his life in the Thessalonians and all the other people that he did ministry with. Um, Romans 16 is one of those chapters that's just a long list of names, maybe as many as 30 to 40 names. And it's one of those where you just kind of go, oh, blah, blah, blah. Well, those were people that Paul knew and had invested his life in. And it's really a picture of his legacy. And, you know, when you get to be 70, you start thinking about what is my legacy? And really, my legacy is going to be the people I... I have invested my life in, in my wife, in my children, in my grandchildren now, um, getting the fun of going and coaching uh, my eight-year-old uh, grandson playing baseball, and in the uh, men at Watermark that I've had a privilege to uh, do life with. And so those are the relationships, ultimately, that are going to make a difference
0: yeah, and the men that are going to be listening to this too, because I think this is such a great list, and there's so much. This feels uh, attainable, Bobby. That's what I like about this. This doesn't feel like there's something on here that that a man that I would sit here and just go, "Oh, I can't do that," you know. And so this feels this feels attainable, and the insights are so good, and it really is. It it, it is. It's bringing it all back to of spiritual significance, because when I heard you say about getting ready for that day, I mean, what is spiritually significant is with serving your family, right? So the the things, the secret with your wife and with your kids, pursuing wisdom uh, to try to not be more stupid. I mean, that that is of eternal significance to pursue and get to know God, uh, to say kind things, to build memories, to not be set back by failure. I mean,
1: all of those, that's that's really, this is how to live a life that matters, right? I hope so. Adam, I would tell you that uh, in all candor, I have not done this perfectly, but it is attainable. And I have had I have seen um how um each of these things has played out in my own life uh, that, you know, hey, if I can do it, anybody can do it. <laughs> That's good. Okay? I like that. <laughs> but just yeah. don't um just don't think that you're gonna do this perfectly. That's good. All right, what's the conclusion?
0: Put a bow on it. You had a conclusion on the notes that I saw, and I really like that conclusion. There's a lot of
1: ways that you could tie this up, but uh, um, what I shared with the staff was that uh, I have seen that whatever it costs to uh, follow Christ, it'll be worth it. And so um, my challenge, uh, the challenge of the listeners, is to keep taking that next step of faithfulness. First, they've got to make that decision to put their trust in Christ. But when they do, uh, the challenge is to keep taking that next step of faithfulness, even if you fail. Get up, dust yourself off, and keep going. That's correct. Bobby, I love that, and and
0: I don't know if it's just a function of where my age is now, again, in my mid-40s, but to hear a man in his 70s, that has been through what you've been through over the past few years with, you know, we, we casually talked about a couple types of cancer, like that's not something you want to collect, right? Or types of cancer for most people, uh, the serious bike injury, the ups and downs that I'm sure has come with all of that raising kids and having grandkids to hear you say it's worth it. That means something to me, right? That that's way different than hearing a fired up 28 year old, no offense to any fired up 28 year old right now going, it's worth I want them to be fired up when they're 28. I do, I do, but I don't know. That's what I just, I love about this message and why I'm so glad that you let me win that court argument and that you got to come on here today and to share this uh, with us because this means a lot and this is going to help a bunch of people. So thank you for your time today.
1: Buddy, it's been a treat. Thanks for having me.
0: Bobby. I meant every word I said to you there at the end. I so appreciate your ministry. I so appreciate this list. And I'm so grateful that you came on the Better Man podcast to share this today, because I know this is not just going to be impactful to me, but hundreds of people who are listening to this episode. So thank you for your time today. If you want to get to know more about Bobby or reach out to him and say thanks, you can go to uh, watermark.org and search Bobby Crotty. There's a way for you to reach out to him there. Uh, that's C R O T T Y, and watermark.org is the website where you can find him. This episode, like every episode, was mixed and edited by the amazing team over there at Sound of a Rose. You can learn more about them at soundofarose.com. That's all
1: we got for today on the Betterman podcast. We'll talk to you again next time.